the thing is, is getting into a bad deal is way worse than having no deal. A lot of us want to get into real estate, understand that if you don't know what you're doing and you go into it without the education necessary, uh, and we'll get into a whole episode is the three deal killers, buying it wrong, having terrible management or the wrong kind of management and not having your assets protected. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, Marco here. I really wanted to share with you our earlier podcasts that we created. Now, our mics were not the best, but the content was really strong, and I know you will learn a lot. We had an absolute blast recording this, and I know you're absolutely going to love it as much as we loved recording it. This extremely content-rich information will not only give you the edge in your real estate investing business, but in everyday life. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Whatever We're Doing. Uh, my name is Marco Kozlowski. We have with us uh, Frank Galluccio. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. And Gabriel Araish. And I've learned to say my name well. Gabriel Araish. 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 Is that how you say it? Araish? Araish, yes. Araish. Interesting. I have been mispronouncing it for five years now. Oh, it's okay. I have. He, he told me already, but I still continue doing it intentionally. So it's okay. All right. And we have Mr. Snuffleupagus, uh, also known as Gabriel Araish, uh, with us as well. So my name is Marco, and uh, we're here today with Frank DeLuccio and Gabriel Araish. Araish. And we're all in the real estate business. In fact, these are two of my mentees that have ascended and own uh, millions of dollars in real estate themselves. And our objective is to help you uh, buy more real estate, understand the rules of engagement in real estate, and understand it's not just numbers, that there's an art form as well. And our, our goal, our focus, our purpose, our mission is to help as many people as possible, buy as many assets as possible, uh, using as little of your own money as possible. In fact, no money is goal. And in most cases, that happens all the time, buying the highest cash flow assets, assets possible so you can take care of your family, not by working for money, but having other people's money work for you. And we're going to get into those concepts, the stories, some of the deals that we've gone through. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I met uh, these two crazy cats around five years ago, around the same time. Frank is out of uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Gabriel is from uh, my hometown of Montreal in uh, Quebec. Yeah. And I'm, of course, uh, your fearless leader, and I am in uh, Montreal. I'm in not Montreal. Today, I'm in Orlando, so in my cave in Orlando. So we're going to go over all sorts of cool shit, uh, try to get you as entertained as possible, try to give you as much content as possible. And really not pull any punches and be as interactive as we can so you can really understand uh, what needs to be done in order to really retire in this business called real estate. Because none of us have J-O-Bs just over broke. All of us rely on real estate as our main source of income. And we would love for you to have the exact same thing happen. And we're going to destroy any misconceptions that you might have on how to get involved, how much money you might need or how much money you don't need, what kind of credit that you need, what kind of credit you don't need, what areas you should be looking in, and how just to get started and start making some uh, buku bucks in this uh, fun game that we call real estate. And I really do call it a game. So before we really dig deep into a whole bunch of topics, because there's so much to learn. In fact, I'm learning all the time. I'm a student as well as a uh, as a mentor, always learning. And I'm always trying to sharpen my axe to get the best possible techniques, best possible angles. And as the market shifts, pivot as quickly as possible. And these are all topics that we're going to cover in these in these episodes. Pivoting, what market, mindset, all that shit. Uh, we're all going to get into that. And uh, 
just, as I said, give you as much value as possible. So yeah, so I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, Frank has been doing this for five and Gabriel has been doing this for five as well. And I think the first question of uh, the day is why the hell should we get involved in real estate? So why real estate? So I think we'll start with uh, Gabriel first. You know, your nice haircut today, by the way, you're looking great. I used some gel today. Very good. Very good. Uh, if you use gel, I don't know what it's going to be for, but I'm going to be a little concerned. Oh, maybe find out on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabriel, give us a, a quick uh, recap. Why real estate for you? What's your, what's your, you know, why? Por que? Por qua? Por qua. Well, the why, uh, it took me a while to find that, find that out actually. And then that's probably the reason it took me a little bit longer to get into the game. I never really know what my why was. Uh, today, my why is, is, is very simple. It's my uh, wife, my children, giving them a better life and giving them more of my time. A lot of my time was going to my job at the time. So uh, that's really the big why. But my uh, journey with real estate has been a little bit rocky at first. And you know, I, I started off in real estate thinking that it's going to be something that I'm going to be able to retire on post my job. So I started off by buying real estate, you know, randomly based on the uh, usual misconceptions that we have about how to buy real estate. Uh, I'm a chartered accountant or CPA by trade. So I obviously thought that I was smarter than everyone. And I decided to buy real estate and made a bunch of mistakes. And actually, instead of building wealth, I was building debt and whole and I put my family into a hole. So it was really rough. And, uh, but I was kind of, I was certain the vehicle was correct because if done properly, it's supposed to pay me every single month without me doing the work every single month. That was at least the one thing that I had correctly. So that's how, that's pretty much why I got into real estate. And the rest is kind of history, just learning the right way to do it and building cash flow on a monthly basis so that I don't have to go into work every day and enjoy my family, my children, and everybody, everything else that this wonderful world has to offer me. So why didn't it work out for you? Uh, let's let's just dig right into it. What? Why didn't it work out for you when you first started? So you know, did you start taking classes? Did you just think, oh, my, my neighbor's doing it, my sister's doing it, my my neighbor's doing it, this guy I hate doing it do, is doing it, and <laughs> shit, you know, this yeah. this mofo is doing better than I am, and I'm going to do it too. Exactly. And you're, you started in Canada and Quebec. So in order to buy property. I guess the way that most people buy it, how did tell us how you went about it first? Well, in my case, it was a little bit of, you know, just looking around me. So I had a, a friend that was in the, well, what happened in Quebec was that there was a period where there was a lot of apartment buildings and there was this uh, flavor of the month, if you will, of just converting these apartment buildings into condominiums and then selling them with the tenants in place. So that was considered a real estate investment. So one of my friends was, you know, one of the promoters of, of these types of projects and was raving about them. All of his friends were getting into it. So it was kind of a hype, a little bit like a stock market run when, you know, everybody's buying this stock, you, you know, the shares are going up, get on the ride. And so I went in and trusted, trusted, you know, what I was told and that uh, basically the units were being sold under value and they showed us some, you know, some different appraisals. They showed us some numbers in terms of the tenants already in there. And I just basically trusted without verifying that was really my big mistake and the, the what they had sold to me and i should have kind of picked up on it was that hey you know the tenants are here they're paying you know x let's say you know 500 dollars a month the real rent is 700 so what we're going to do is for the next two years we're going to pay you the 200 gap and then you can increase them and by the time we're finished paying your guarantee which in and of itself is illegal you'll have increased the rent to the 200 dollars that you're missing and then you'll be a break even and going forward so the mentality was just basically having the rent pay off the 
expenses. And in 20 years, 25 years, when the mortgage is finished to be paid off, that's when you're really going to start uh, seeing your cash flow positive. And that's why I had a retirement. It, it had kind of an RSP feel to it, where you just pay it off for 20, 25 years. And then when you retire, you live off of it. So it uh, sounded like it was better than RSPs. I figured RSPs, I have to, if I dump $100, $150 in it a month, then at the end of, you know, when it's time for me to retire 20, 25 years later, I would basically have an asset that would pay me every year a certain amount based on what the the total I had accumulated was. The benefit of real estate was that it essentially gave me the same, the same thing where, you know, once the 25 years would pass, I had an asset that was spinning out money. The real benefit of real estate was that I didn't have to empty the real estate or the RSP has to be empty. It has to be at zero eventually. There's no more building on it. Whereas the real estate, even though the cash flow would come in every month or every year, I would have, I would still have an asset that I can give to my children at passing. Real RSPs at passing just basically, if there's anything in there left, it would be given to either the spouse or their children if, if there is no spouse and, and that's taxed heavily in the hands of the children. So basically you would end up with nothing. I would have built nothing. That was the mentality behind it. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, for, for those that are, are clueless about what an RSP is, and that's most of the world, um, an RSP yes. is a registered retirement savings account, uh, mm-hmm. which is a basically Canadian form of uh, a retirement account, an IRA. So, and you know, you actually do sound like an accountant right now, where you take the mm-hmm. inverse hypothetical code tangent, and it's quite no. tax at that level. <laughs> I'm not careful. By uh, passing this down to my children, the tax implications will be quite high, and it's going to be very difficult for us to actually make some handsome dividend. Um, but it's not so, even that. Yeah, the point was just that I, I, I wouldn't have anything to give back. Yes. real estate. So, Right. The taxes are getcha, but you know, to make a, the long story, I'm, am I talking to Frank or am I talking to Gabe right now? Because it sounds like, you know, this uh, is a really long story. I'll take that as a, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> as you should. As you should. Sir Frank, don't worry, you're up next. So from a, but did you make any money on your first no, deal? That's, that, that's the point deal? is that I was so you, money, you had to go borrow money from the bank. I'm assuming, did you have to go get a loan? Yeah. So I got a mortgage or whatever, 85, 90% of the time, there was even some hundred percent loans when we did this. Yeah. I even had some cash back loans, which at the end of the day ended up hurting me more than helping me. Uh, and I was negative cash flow on all the properties I bought. I, I kind of went in right into this. I bought four or four units in a matter of like three years and they were all negative cash flow. The values were highly inflated by the promoters. So I ended up underwater in all of the, the units. So every, basically my mortgage or what I owed on these, on these uh, properties was higher than what the actual property was worth if I sold it. And in fact, one of the four, I did end up selling and I had to pay the bank $35,000 out of my pocket just to be able to go to closing. So, but, but, and you were losing money every month. How much money approximately were you losing every month? Uh, when they were rented, $2,000 a month between the four of them. When they were rented? Rented, yeah. If they weren't... Yeah. And if you weren't rented, what does that look like? It, it looks like about four or 4000 that's a very round number yeah. for an accountant. I'm disappointed. Uh, okay, $4,300 okay, $4, and 12 cents. <laughs> I'm sure you remember. I'm sure you know the number. Uh, it's it, so it was painful. It's like so. It's a you nightmare. Know, we it's did, a nightmare. And uh, the thing is, is getting into a bad deal is way worse than having no deal. A lot of us want to get into real estate, and you know, uh, understand that if you don't know what you're doing and you go into it without uh, the education necessary, uh, and we'll get into a whole episode. Is the two deal? There's actually three deal killers: uh, buying it wrong, having terrible management, or the wrong kind of management, and not having your assets protected. These are all things that we're going 
and discuss, either have discussed, will discuss, or could possibly discuss in, in episodes past, future, and present. It's important to understand that if you're getting into a deal where you're on the hook, specifically in this case with the bank, where if you don't pay, his credit gets I think your credit would get affected. Right? 100%. And in my case, because I'm a CPA, I mean, the, the logical thing for me at the time was, you know what, let me just hand all the keys back to the bank. But that would hit the credit and is one thing. And credit is... I can rebuild that, but I would lose my license to practice as a CPA, which at the time was my only source of income. So it wouldn't make sense to do that. So I actually had to find the money to make my cash flow payments on a monthly basis in order to make sure that I can keep working as a, at a job. So it was a vicious circle. That's pretty stressful if you think about it. I can't give the keys back because if I do, I'll lose my job, I'll lose my license and what I make money in and to feed my family. And you have like 800 kids, right? Oh uh, yeah. Well, not two that, that everyone else knows of, but yes. Okay. <laughs> at least two. So yeah, and that kind of sucks. So you're working, you you've got this, you're in real estate, you're losing money. So your your outlook on real estate sounds like it pretty sucked. Like, man, real estate sucks, right? Yes. I mean, and not just on me. That's the thing. Is it sucks for me, but it sucks also for everyone around me. So my wife wanted to work as well to make sure that we kept everything afloat and who, who couldn't benefit from whatever she was doing working in order to, to, to live her happy life. The kids, there's stress in the house, everybody feels that. Friends, there's negative money mindset that comes into play when that happens. You're in a dark place. It's yeah, I had a really shitty outlook on real estate. But the one thing was that I was convinced that the vehicle was the correct one, that being real estate. I just took me time to figure out that I was the problem and I had to figure myself out and, and how to do this right. That's actually really commendable because uh, most people, when they try something and it doesn't work, it's the thing that doesn't work. And that's very big of you actually to say and take responsibility, which is, which is huge. I have to applaud you on that because I think most people, if they got into real estate and they lost $4,000 a month. And I met a lot of these people. They're like, real estate doesn't work. It's a piece of shit. You know, I lost my ass. I never want to do it again. Uh, my wife will never let me out of the house again. I'm not allowed to have a credit card. Your balls go immediately in your wife's purse and they stay there snapshot forever because you can't really do anything anymore or vice versa. You know, it's not just you as a, as a man. I'm talking in a general, general uh, scheme of things. But so um, that's cool. That's pretty interesting. And as far as, so you knew the vehicle was right. You just knew you were doing it wrong. That's good news. Where was the sh- shift and where was the turning point in just a few short sentences so we can get to roasting Frank in a second. Uh, quickly, it actually took a long time. It took about two years and uh, the shift was reading a book. I ended up reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a book that uh, sadly I was told to read like eight years before that and I said I would read it and it never did. And in the first chapter, I found out what my mistake was and that's it. Then I had to look in the mirror and say, you know what? At the end of the day, even though things didn't go my way and I'm not the only one to blame in all this, there was a lot of shit that was sold to me that wasn't true. But at the end of the day, I made the decision to sign on the dotted line. I didn't do my due diligence properly. I didn't verify. I just trusted. So it was on me and I had to make the shift. But reading a book, just one book, which turned into reading three, four, five and 12 books. And I read a lot more. Uh, it was just basically getting educated. I thought I was smarter than everyone because I went to school longer than a lot of people. But, you know, uh, that's a different industry. And I wasn't educated in that industry. I was essentially in preschool. <laughs> And you went to, uh, I'm assuming you went to various seminars? I did. I started uh, I started with, with a couple of seminars after reading that first book. And I actually did uh, sign up to them. And I, I and I applied what I signed up for. I started doing some deals in Quebec. Uh, they worked out well, but they weren't, you know, Quebec is a different market. Uh, I was in the lease option business here, which uh, it works, but not as well as it would have in the US. And uh, so essentially, I was never going to be able to live off of it. So I can do deals, but I was never going to be able to live off of it. It would always be kind of a side hustle and uh, working a lot of hours at night, which was counterproductive and counterintuitive, given my, what my why was, was to spend more time with my family. So 
then I ended up going to a U.S. seminar, and that's where uh, things changed yeah. for me. <laughs> and that was an asshole that gave that seminar. It was, that yeah, was my really, really big asshole. Always Red Sox and everything. Yes, that's son of a bitch. Uh, so, that, yeah, that was mine, and that's how we met, and uh, you haven't looked back since. And uh, right. And... You know, so my philosophy, whenever, again, I've been doing this for 20 years, I was doing this 15 when I first met these guys, has always been to have real estate work harder for you than you do for it. And in the economic environment in the US, even though I am Canadian, I'm from Montreal originally, uh, I learned many years ago that the financing is a lot easier in the US. There's thousands of banks versus only five banks in Canada. There's banks that will allow you to actually borrow money without credit. If the asset makes sense, they're just, the money is just so much easier here. Uh, prices are a lot cheaper in the US as well than they are in uh, like in Toronto, the average medium price, I think, where Frank lives is a million dollars for a shitbox. It's like a three-bedroom, two-bath in Toronto. If you're paying under a million, you scored, which is bananas. That's a million Canadian, which is only a hundred bucks. But uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's still a million bucks. Canadian, it's 700,000 US-ish or so. It's still quite high. And, you know, it's, it's a very, very expensive market. So your why was just to recap your, you know, your, so you're working at J-O-B, you know that you want to get into real estate so you can stop working. You want to spend more time with your kids. Uh, you gave it a shot by yourself. You, you know, you, you didn't read maybe what you should have read, but you gave it a shot. You took some responsibility, said, okay, I did it wrong, but how can I make it better? You started educating yourself in different seminars. We happened to meet, we resonated for some silly reason. And mm -hmm. uh, you started buying properties in the US. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're not going to get into necessarily all the properties that you own and dig deep into that right now. The, the whole topic of discussion today is why real estate? Why we should, why should we get involved? If you're listening to this, maybe why you should get involved. What are the fears around getting involved in real estate and what can go wrong if you don't do it right? And Gabe's case is he, he went and bought a property using his own credit. Uh, he put money in. He was losing money every month. And it was a nightmare for him for, it sounds like a couple of years. It really slapped him around a little bit. In fact, I he went here. Just as a side note, I still own three of these four units that I had bought. So I sold one. I still have them and I can't even get rid of them. So I just got to keep supporting them. It's just that with wow. everything going on in the US, a lot easier to do that now. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad. Uh, and you had hair when, uh, when you started real estate. I did. A lot more. In, in, a lot more hair. More than one yeah. You're, you're going to get gray. You're going to get the grays on top soon. That's going to. You're going to win this one straggly gray hair like a shark. Like see the <laughs> we'll be curly. Yeah, it's like one big pubic hair coming out of your head. I'll have gray. something to comb. <laughs> you can roll. You can just roll it over <laughs> on top of your head, <laughs> like a snake going around your head. Anyway, we have Frank. Frank the Tank, uh, who's out of uh, Toronto, and same thing. We met five years ago, and Frank has a, a quick journey as well. So let's talk about why real estate. Okay, I'll, I'll just rewind just a little bit. So for myself, I, again, I was a senior officer for the federal government. I've been doing that for was doing that for a quarter of a century. Sounds like a long time because it is a long time. And when you do something for a quarter of a century. Century, it, it kind of sucks after a while. So uh, don't get me wrong. I, I did like what I did when I was younger there. Uh, they moved me from a 10 by 10 cubicle to a, a 15 by 15 cubicle, which was uh, with no window though, no window. But yeah, my journey started when I wanted more. I knew I, I didn't like the rat race. I didn't like I didn't like traffic. I would avoid it at all costs. I would go out of my way to get on a toll highway in Toronto to not be in traffic. Uh, but doing that day in and day out, I, I knew I wasn't able to leave any kind of legacy or any kind of... I, I, wanted, I wanted to get into a business where if I I work once, I get paid often. So I wanted that residual. So I used to attend a lot of actually U 
U.S. Uh, business conferences in the States. So I went to Dallas, went to LA because I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what. I had a legal business up in Canada. I still have it. It's kind of dwindling. But um, So I went to a lot of these conferences. And as I was talking to uh, some of the participants and the members there and everything, I noticed one common thread, especially with the speakers. Uh, and a lot of these speakers were very influential. And there was one common thread. is, And the common thread was real estate uh, investing. Now, I was very naive then. I thought that was equivalent to a real estate agent. So I was like, shit, they're like, what's the commission down here in the States that everyone's a real estate agent? Like, I don't get it. And I just kept hearing stories. And then they had, sometimes they had these awards and, you know, for selling the most properties or whatever. Back then, I think a lot of these people were doing fix and flips. Uh, but nevertheless, I thought that was real estate in uh, like a realtor. Uh, so as I kept going to these conferences, I was like, man, I, I asked someone, I was like, why is there so much realtors in, in this conference? They go, they're not realtors, they're real estate investors. And, and again, I didn't know any better. And I was like, wow, you know, I want some of that. And that's when I started going, Marco, to to conferences, so to real estate conferences. Uh, so before I met you, so sorry, I was like not really cheating on you because I didn't know you then. Uh, okay. But uh, I did go to a few of them, and you know they were selling, you know, a program to get involved in in real estate and. Before that, actually, sorry, let me just rewind this. Before I went to those conferences, uh, me and my wife decided, you know what, let's buy a property. You know, everyone else is doing it. Everyone's making money. Let's buy a property. Traditionally, what you do when you buy a property, and again, I was naive on this too. Um, we phoned a realtor. <laughs> so, okay, we're looking for a property. And back then it was in Florida. We enjoyed going to Florida. Let's shit, let's buy a property in Florida. And luckily we didn't because obviously we would have bought it terribly wrong uh, just from phoning a realtor from, from, from that standpoint. Um, you're going to run out of money real quickly because we were only able to afford one house. And and that's with borrowed money, get a mortgage on it. Um, so we didn't pull the plug on that. So we went to the conferences. That's when we started going to real estate conferences. Let's get some help on this uh, before we do something. And, you know, each one offered something different. Uh, but you offered something, Marco, that uh, uh, you were ballsy, I got to say. So when, so all the other ones, they speak or whatever, but you had ball. And the reason I say that is because you were actually doing live calls from the stage or from the front. And we, I remember putting our name on a piece of paper. You put in a fishbowl. You just randomly picked out someone's name and you, you said, do you have you know, a deal? You gave us some pre-homework and uh, you did the call right there. And I'm like, man, I was like, I like this guy. He's, he's not only preaching it, but he's doing it. And because of that reason, that's why so that's why we wanted to go with you. But going back to the real estate question is we wanted a vehicle. And if everyone else has real estate in their background as a vehicle, it doesn't mean you have to do it forever. Like my wife doesn't want to do this forever, but she understands it enough now today that real estate is a vehicle so she can do what she wants to do. She wants to go back into interior decorating or consulting, whatever. She wants to do that on her own, as her own business. And real estate will enable us to do that with the passive income. Um, so it was, it was a rough road at first and we wanted to get into it. And luckily we met you, Marco, like I said. And, you know, I haven't bought anything in Canada other than my own house. And like you said, you know, for a million dollars, maybe you'll get a garage. Yeah. Uh, we got to work on the other <laughs> part of it. <laughs> on the rest. Um, yeah. So, so for us, it's working once, getting that passive income that we need. And listen, I, I, I live humbly. I don't need the flashy cars and things that I really don't. I, I actually do for my kids. I want them to understand that if you build something and if you build it right uh, in real estate, which is the only vehicle that you can do this uh, without going to trading time for dollars. And that's basically what I've been doing for a quarter of uh, 25 years. It's 25 years. And okay, the government has a pension, but that pension is, I've earned that in equity alone, I think within the first two years. So working 25 to earn the same amount of pension, which I'm not going to get all at once. I have to live to like 90. 
<laughs> for more to get all that. But the whole point is, yes, you're going to work. Yes, it's it's a modest living. But if you stop working, you're screwed. And I wanted the same with Gabe. I wanted more time. I wanted more me time. I wanted more family time. I wanted more time with my wife. I'm getting up there. I'm close to, you know, if you round me off, I'm close to 50. And, you know, it got a lot of snow to show for it and a lot of hair that I'm that I'm losing as well. So I, I don't want to continue on the path that I'm doing now with the government. And that's why I did I did leave the government and I pursued this uh, full time. That's so the, the short thread, I think I'm amazed that that was shorter than Gabe. That's like <laughs> the first time ever. As you start listening to these episodes, you'll you'll see who who talks the most. It's most likely. All kidding aside, yeah, you know, we all want more for our kids. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, then you want more. I think for yourself, we all want more. We don't want to have to work. And if you buy real estate the right way, and I'm going to underline that, buy real estate the right way at the right numbers uh, in the right areas, you you can buy enough real estate without having any money in your pocket whatsoever. Um, the key is to buy it right and to do it the right way. So you know. Uh, Frank, you have uh, you know you have quite a big portfolio. Frank and I own properties together. Uh, Gabriel and I own properties together, and you know we have quite a lot of we have millions of dollars in assets together. And out of that, how many, how much of our own money have we used to buy it? We used well, we use other people's money. So my first one, my first acquisition was I used a financial institution money. Um, right. They said, "Would oh, you like a line of credit?" I said, "Sure." <laughs> so. Uh, they gave me the line of credit and I used that. And, and once we refied, we paid that line of credit back. So that's just parked. But it, uh, just to go back, it, I didn't initially do it for my kids. Uh, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, uh, but I initially did it for, for me and, and my wife. I wanted me time and time is precious. And I realized that now. And once you hit over 40, Gabe, uh, time just keeps going a lot quicker. Once you hit 45, it goes faster. And once you hit 50, I think it, it goes into sonic speed feet or whatever. It's terrible. Just thinking about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, like oh my my kids are teenagers and I don't know where the time's going, but it's going. Uh, it's not stopping for me or anyone else. So nope. on that motion. So it is for my kids eventually. Yes, it is because I, I'm instilling in them and, and maybe on another episode I'll talk about how my kids got involved in it and I want them involved in it. It's very important. What they what they choose to do in the future with it, with the with the knowledge they're given, that's up to them. I can only lead them to that. So and, and I've done that to my my teenagers and they got property. So that's that's great. But but initially, I did it for me because of the time I want to spend. I want to enjoy my life. And that's what it is. God gave you one life, guys. And I realized that. And it's precious. So I'm going to make the best out of it as much as I can. And I'm enjoying this journey. I really am. And and both of you had fairly good jobs. Like, uh, you know, Kush, you, most Canadians go to school hoping they get a job like yours, where, you know, you have a set. You, you, it's impossible to get fired, the government, unless you literally steal from them or I think kill someone. I think those are the only two ways that you can get fired. And, even, you fraud, and even then, you know, you, there's, there's the way out if you have a lawyer. Um, or, you know, some Italian buddies like me, Frank, um, yeah. but, uh, you know, but you know, it's really hard to get fired. You've got this great cushy job and you left that for, for your freedom because you don't want to, I, and I don't want to put more words in your mouth is your time is actually much more precious than money. We have, we all have the same amount of time in our bank account and that's all we really have in our account and is time. And it's what we do with that time that actually matters. We have 24 hours in our account every single day. And what we choose to do with it is either a give it to someone else. Because uh, if you're working for someone else, you're basically not pursuing your own dream. You're working for someone else that did. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, if you're working a business, that business owner is the one that's, they're doing it right there. They should be having the business work for them. And this is all that real estate is, is a, is a vehicle where anyone, regardless of education, you know, Gabe Gould, I think more than any of us, I don't want to speak about you, Frank, but I have a, I've got six months of pre-med and that's it. And I dropped out of school. My, my dad asked, why am I dropping out of pre-med? I'm like, I, I hate it. I can't stand it. I want to be a concert pianist. He looked at me like I was crazy. 
you know, what the hell are you pianists don't make any money. I'm like, I don't care. It's what I want to do. Well, I cared when I wasn't making any money and I have four kids and I want to, you know, I I'm looking at, do I, I'm liking the McDonald's specials, you know, when I can get, you know, 20 nuggets for two bucks, you know, you buy, you know, you buy 20 bucks worth of nuggets and you stick them in the freezer and, you know, you nuke them when you can. And I didn't want to live like that for the rest of my life. And, you know, my why was I want a better lifestyle. And if I don't do something about where I am now, I am condemned for life to be financially poor. And I don't want to be broke. I want to drive a nice car. I want to live in a nice area. I want my kids to go to private school. I want my kids to go to the best, have the best possible education. I want those things. And why, if everyone else can have them, why can't I? And my pivotal point was when I actually saw two uh, little people when I was growing up, we were allowed to call them something else, but now it's politically incorrect to call little people anything other than little people, like Peter Dinklage little people, like very small, <laughs> like on Game of Thrones. And, you know, they're on Oprah, you know, smoking these cigars, making all this money in real estate. And despite their challenges that I thought, and it was my ignorance that I thought they were challenged, and I'll, I'll own that, but extremely successful. I thought, shit, if, you know, I'm six foot three, and I'm able-bodied, strong guy, and I'm broke and they're wealthy. It's not fair. And that's what got me in. They talked about real estate, just like, you know, you did, Frank, and uh, there's a common thread that wealthy people own real estate. And then there's this misconception, which we're going to get into in this series, is you need money to get involved in real estate, which is not true. No, you don't need money at all if you understand how to do it. And we're going to unravel that, those not really secrets. It's kind of obvious when you understand it, but we're, you know, I'm convinced and my passion and my my dream is for everyone that wants to get involved and puts in the effort because there is effort involved. Um, this is not get rich quick. And I don't care if you you know take one of my classes or not. It's irrelevant to me. I'm not doing this podcast or this series or this video, you know, whatever, whatever this is called, this talk show. We're not doing this so you know come take my class. I'm not trying to sell you anything. The only thing I'm trying to sell you is the fact that whatever you're doing could be better. And then what you do with that information is up to you. If you want to go take somebody else's class, you go ahead and do that. Just take the action, but get educated and do what needs to be done in order to get the real estate. Because Frank, you, you know, you own a hotel, you own a mobile home park, you know, your, you know, your hotel uh, was a labor of love. Uh, the gross on that is, you know, once it's optimized is probably around $6,000 a week. Your net's going to be what, about 4,000 a month ish when it hums along? Net long? is actually no more than four. Our, 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 month, yeah, our monthly, yeah, it's, 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 it's more than that. It's, our, our net's going to probably be closer to seven. Okay. That's after debt service, everything, your triple net, like everything paid off. Well, that's, it's right now for the next three years with the debt service in. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, the debt service we got, the debt service is, is we, we got a very low rate. So seven grand. So th- this, and he's not managing it. He lives in Chile, Toronto and you know, his property's in Florida and it makes 7,000 ish a month, which is, you know, which is great. That's about 10,000 Canadian. And you know, that took him what about a year to, to put together? So he works once and he gets paid seven grand, you know, ten grand Canadian or seven thousand dollars stock U.S. dollars. And in your job working for the government, I don't care what you made before, but I'm sure you had to work extremely long hours for a very long time to get to that point. And the equity that's there, and that's just this one deal. He has tons of other ones, and some of his kids even bought that have hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. So it's the only business that I know where you don't have to be like Gabriel, who went to school for you know years, right? Yeah. And maybe if you're listening to me now, you're 
you know, you probably went to school for years, probably had this great job, or you're working at a hospital, or you're working as a lawyer, or you're working at whatever you're working at, and you're swapping hours for dollars, and you're limited by how much, how many hours that you can work, and you're limited by, you know, um, how much you can charge per hour. So there's two limiting factors in your wealth in that you can't work forever. And when you stop working, you stop getting paid. And there's only so much that you can actually charge your boss or your client. And, you know, and I can't go into work. You know, if, if Gabriel, if you want to go to work, if you want to have a hundred thousand dollars, if like right now we're working on a deal, all three of us together, there's a reason why we're all together right now. Not just because, you know, these are, are not, these are not only students of mine and they're actually very good friends of mine, but we're colleagues at this point. And I have a tremendous respect for these guys because if Frank says, uh, or Gabriel says, Hey, I want a, an extra $200,000 a year cash flow this year. What are we going to do? Are we going to go to our boss and say, we want an extra 200 grand? What are we going to do guys? Well, we can rob a bank. I can phone some of my buddies. Uh, yeah. It may not end well, but it's worth a shot. So if you want to make an extra 200 grand, Gabe, what do you do? You just go out and buy more, pick up some more property. It's that Pick up some more properties. That it's that simple. If you want to make an extra three hundred thousand, go buy a property that generates that mon- amount of money and buy it right, or buy three properties that make a hundred and do it that way. And there is no limit to how many properties there are that you can make money on. There's not. That's right. And, and you know, and it's. I was just going to add that there's not many other businesses out there that can offer you the luxury of being able to work once and get paid over and over again. So unless you're a good singer that you can live off those royalties or you're an actor, uh, which is really difficult to do, uh, there's not much else out there that you can just work once and keep getting paid. And every time you work, you'll be paid for life. And you're not, you don't have to be the best at it in the world. Like if, you know, there's a million singers out there and maybe, you know, half of 1% actually end up making a career out of it. And then for a very short period of time, you know, that that money will also uh, drain and drizzle away. Whereas a property, uh, in fact, you get paid four times in real estate. You get paid first by the cash flow, right? We all get the cash flow every single month. Yeah. And j- zero chance that I'm uh, ever going, or any of us are going to tell you to buy a property without it cash flowing right away. Like in Australia, they have something called negative gearing. I don't know if you guys even know what that is, but negative gearing is where you're losing money on a property every single month and you get to write it off on your taxes. Well, that's a shitty system as far as I'm concerned, because if you buy 10 properties, at one point, you're going to run out of money. So you can't buy an unlimited amount of properties if you're losing money on all of them. It doesn't make any sense. You're going to go bankrupt. That's the bankrupt way of buying properties. I'm Exhibit A. That's that's what was happening in my portfolio at the time when I started. And I'm not even Australian, so I couldn't even write it off. So... It's just a loss. But in in Australia, they they actually have a scheme. I think it's a scheme to, to actually... Uh, and, and you know, invite people to do buy, buy properties to, to to get the market back up, and and have negative gearing where it's negatively cash flowed, and everyone's like, yeah, I'm getting you know paying less tax. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, in in the U.S., we want to buy, we want to make money the day we buy it, or we won't even look at it. Right? 100%. Yeah. There's other there's other tax saving strategies you can do than what the Australians are doing. Of course, there is. And I just wanted to go back and make your your point there with the with with the motel uh, that we have that that's that's. Uh, generating x amount each month that x amount is pretty much equivalent in canadian dollars uh to what i was earning with the government and that's for 25 years so i'm not saying the government is a bad employer i'm just saying it was bad for me and i it was my time to cut sever my ties with them and and uh, sorry i forgot to mention my, my one of my tipping points was when i was working for the government i did have my I, I was trying to start a business and i was serving papers you know the, i was the guy that knocked on your door and said you've been served so i started a process serving business and literally from the parking lot of 
of the government, I would hop in my car and start serving. I wouldn't come home till nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I did this even on the weekend. And literally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see my kids. Like my, my wife was basically a widower. And my breaking point was, I, I remember it was on a Saturday and it was a nice day in the summer. I was out serving documents and I seen you know, people at the park with their kids playing. I had young kids back then. Uh, they're still young, but they were younger. And I literally broke down in my car and I go, I can't do this no more. The money was was good because I was working fucking 18 hours a day, but I didn't have time to enjoy it. And I did break out in, in tears in my car. Uh, and I'm tearing up a little bit now just even thinking about it because it, it's it's a terrible way to live. I had a dear friend die from the government. She was she wanted to, when she retired, she wanted to travel. She goes, I'm going to travel. I go, no, travel now. We got lots of vacation time. She goes, no, when I retire, she didn't make it to retire. She was 17 months out of retirement and that's a shitty way and i go this is not happening to me and and that's why i got into real estate and uh, that was the pivotal point so I failed to mention that so i just wanted to throw that out there that's uh that's, that's good insight man that's uh yeah i can't imagine you breaking out into tears at all knowing you a long time i've never seen you uh actually have any emotions at all so i'm, I'm... <laughs> well, I, I do have emotions and i believe it or not and that was <laughs> I, I, it was, it was uh if you don't have those those pivotal points those those points of those aha moments we don't as humans we don't generally change unless we're made to change mm-hmm. and unless and sadly some don't have an emotion a severe emotional reaction enough to even want to change they're happy taking the elevator and saying you know frank only 18 more years to retirement which i know you i got that i used to avoid the elevator for that i'm glad you mentioned that i used to avoid the elevator and i used to work on the ninth floor so every morning (laughs) i have to go up the elevator because every time i go in the elevator i say hey how's it going marco just say you're in the fuck you know another 18 more years or 50 more years i had to hear that like i just said how's it going man uh, and and that's the mentality when people go to work. Ask any, ask your friends, ask anyone. Do you enjoy going to work? And I bet you ninety percent of them are going to say no way, especially if they've been working there for twenty five years. Well, uh, the the definition of work is toil and labor. You know, I've seen four kids come out of my wife. That's a lot of labor. I never want to go through that. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, I it's like having an umbrella open up in my bottom. No thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, it was a traumatic experience more for me than I'm sure. She actually enjoyed childbirth, which was weird. As soon as one popped out, she's like, "I need another one." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is miracle of life, Marco. It's the miracle of life." Yeah, it, 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 it is, <laughs> I, and I'm blessed to have been there for for my kids because I was a stay at home dad. So I I never wanted to mortgage my time for money. I want to have my time so I could spend as much time with them. And you've met my kids. We have a really phenomenal relationship. I'm really blessed yep. with a really tight family, and it, that couldn't have happened unless I had real estate in my life. But so you know you've got these cash flows. You've also got uh, depreciation, which you don't have in Canada. We're all from uh, where you can actually deduct. You basically get a $36,000 a year deduction off income uh, for the for per million that you own. So if you own $3 million in real estate, the first 100000 plus actually is tax-free, which is great. So like in Frank's case, you know he won't even pay taxes until he hits a certain point because of depreciation. So it's a, a paper deduction. It's not a real actual deduction. So you actually get to keep more as a landowner because the IRS laws were written by the rich. So wealthy people could keep more money. You know, Donald Trump, whether you love him or hate him, has billions of dollars in real estate. And I think the number is like $100 million before he starts paying taxes because of the depreciation schedules that he's on. So it's it's huge. So, you know, the rich get richer for that reason, because you're playing by the rich rules and you don't have to be wealthy to play by rich rules. Just start playing by rich rules and start getting wealthier, which is exactly what these, you know, what the three of us are investing. Uh, and I say investing, not spending or investing our time doing that. And so you got cash. 
cash flow from day one, you got depreciation, you got amortization, meaning that the property is paying itself off uh, over time in 25 years or 20 years or 15 years, depending on how aggressive you get. Um, you know, your mortgage is paid for, your property is paid for. And that cash flow then is goes in your pocket and it can pass down to your kids. And if you do it right, if you asset structure, there's no tax when it passes down. It's just they get the property and they start making money. And it's that's, you know, it's, it's a recipe for wealth for life for your entire family and their kids and their kids' kids and their kids' kids, as long as the meteor doesn't hit the earth or it all burns down or whatever it is. But you know, the apocalypse is something that we can talk about on another episode. It's positive. And, you know, whatever's <laughs> going right on. on. Yeah, you're right on the on the four ways to get paid uh, or multiple ways to get paid buying real estate. And if you buy it right, because, yeah, we were also looking up in Canada. And unfortunately, you know, Toronto's like a mini Manhattan and people are buying these properties that are well overpriced and they're banking on appreciation. Yes. They're banking. So they're so it's not the me. Remember, I said I, it's about me now and I'll take care of my kids. It's almost like on a plane. When you go on a plane, you know, when they do their presentation, they, you know, the mask comes down, they go put the mask on you first because you got to help yourself first before you can help others. So that's the same mentality I'm using. So the people that I know, some friends, even they have deep pockets and they're buying these overpriced properties that are earning them zero because between the debt service and what they pay for, they're making nothing. They're banking solely on speculation, which is depreciation. Now, Toronto's been blessed over the last decade that it's been going up, going up, going up. But what happens if it plateaus or comes down? Whatever goes up is not coming from eventually. What happened there? It's going to happen. Yeah, There's no happen. real estate market straight up ever. Like, you know, Toronto at one point was 10% in a year or something crazy, like just some banana. It was uh, 20%, even if you had a vacant property. I was crazy. Right. Yeah. It was bananas. So you couldn't lose, but, you know, it slowed down. But still, at one point, there has to be a correction. There, you know, there's you know, there's only 19 people in all of Canada. So I don't know how, you know, at one point, you can't <laughs> sustain the, the level of price hikes. Not enough people are going to buy. And, it's, and when it tanks, it's going to be horrendous for those people that do uh, bank on appreciation, but that is the, actually the fourth way is appreciation in multifamily, which is what we're going to talk about or hotels uh, or mobile home parks, or uh, we don't do a lot of single family, but there's still appreciation single family. Prices do go up over time and you have the, the debt services going down and the property is going up in value and you're creating equity for yourself You know, every single month, every single year, every single decade. It's going up in value. So, you know, what we buy today for a million dollars, and you might be listening to this going, I, I'll never be able to buy anything for a million. Well, I guarantee that if you follow these processes, anyone, including you, specifically you, can buy a property all day long for a million dollars. You can buy a $2 million property. You can buy $10 million on a property this year. You just have to learn how. And it's not money that you need. It's actually knowledge because money without knowledge will lose you money. Look at Gabe and, and you know, Frank, you didn't make the mistakes that Gabe made, and I didn't make the mistakes Gabe made. I made different mistakes. But just because you have money doesn't you can't doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make money. In fact, I have a saying that if you can't make money without money, you'll never make money with money. So you really have to learn how to make money without using your own money. And if you understand that, you can generate a ton of cash in the real estate business. So if we were to recap this whole episode, what's your why? Why are you listening to this? And what do you want to change? What do you want more of? What are you fed up with? For Frank, it was him having this moment of wanting more time with his kids. Uh, as selfish as he says he was at the beginning, his pivotal point was being in his car seeing you know families playing in the park with, the, with their kids and he couldn't do that because he was hustling for the cash and he could never get that time back that time is over that 25 years at the government those gray hairs that he has he can't reverse those even if he tries to hide them up no or does a weird comb over it's it's yeah. not going to happen right that time is gone for gabe 
it's, you know, whatever time you put in and the, the two years of experience or three years of experience on buying properties the shitty way, at least he was stung, but he can never get that time back. All of our wives are going to be slightly different, but we've had a strong emotional reaction to we never want to be there again. So figure out what your why is first. Understand that real estate can be that vehicle if you learn how to do it correctly. Because uh, there's a lot of things that can go wrong and it can be scary, but you can either figure this out all out by yourself or keep getting educated and align yourself with the people that have made the mistakes so you don't have. Like I said, it doesn't have to be necessarily with us. It can do with anyone. I don't give a shit where you go for your education. I think the better education, the more people you learn from, the better because I don't think one person has all the answers. I think having different perspectives is important. And we have a perspective and we've been doing it very successfully for a lot of years. And my goal is for you as a listener to really get involved and start replacing the income that you have with passive income and doing it the right way. As little risk as possible, as little money as possible, and without having having to um, you know, work impossibly long hours. Now, I'm okay with you working impossibly long hours once, like Frank did on his hotel. There's a lot of things, we'll talk about that in, in other episodes, but he's done and he doesn't have to do it anymore. So it was done once and he lost a lot of time too. I had to slack, you know, we used to have those conversations after, but there was time lost that he can never get back there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for you. So you're in a great spot where you can learn from three great people. And our interest is, at least for me, I can't speak for them, but it's really serving you as much as possible with some the answers that you might have been seeking or maybe answering questions that you'd even know to ask so you can get the best possible chances of success in your corner. And uh, that's what this this series is all about, Frank. For me, uh, you know, helping out, going through those trials and tribulations, and, and and yeah, there's been I got a lot of shit shows. We'll discuss some of them in the uh, episodes, and I think that's important to discuss to to show the reality, the raw reality that things could go wrong, and when they do, uh, it's you don't run away. You know how to address them. Um, and I didn't know at first, but I worked it out. And sharing that knowledge with some of the students um, and and helping them on their path and their journey is actually rewarding. I'm actually learning tenfold uh, in this same amount of time that I would on my own, uh, only because, you know, some students have, they have other uh, issues that I didn't come across. And, and together, collaboratively, we work together and come up with a solution. And then we share that solution with others. Uh, so for me, I, I, that's rewarding. It's like when I'm taken care of, when me's taken care of, my kid's taken care of, I want to help others. And I think just giving you, you, you give and you shall receive. Uh, I think you receive an abundance and, and I'm blessed doing it and I enjoy doing it. And just to add to that, is you're 100% correct. And by by helping others, I mean, in my case, like you said, a bunch of the students make different mistakes that we didn't make, but it's just because we don't have a chance to make them and you're learning from it. That's like gaining, you know, 20 years of experience every single year, you're helping other people out. So when they say that you earn an abundance, earning doesn't necessarily mean earning money. Earning means you're gaining something. And in our case, it's a lot of knowledge and experience and it's pretty cool. But for me, personally, the reason I love giving back is, is from the context that I know what I've lived through and what I've gone through, what my family has gone through because of the mistakes I've made. And I, I don't wish that on anyone, even my worst enemies. And if I can help anyone just avoid some of this bullshit that I had to go through and, and I went through some really dark periods, it's it for me, that's just a big win. So I just want to spread as much of that as possible. Well, there you go. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hope you uh, got as much out of it as uh, as we did. Uh, and uh, why real estate? Because it can take care of you uh, for years and years and years. There's four ways to get paid. If you go get a paycheck, uh, you only get paid once and the government gets paid first. Uh, in, in, this, in this business, you actually get paid four times and the government gets paid last and you get a deduction. You get to keep more of what you actually make without having to work for it, which is best uh, uh, the, the best thing of all. So um, we can deep dive into any of these topics 
there's so many things that we discussed on this on this episode that we could probably deep dive in and even go in for hours. Uh, we're going to spare you that for now and uh, end the episode. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, gentlemen, for being uh, for being here, and uh, we'll see you all on the next episode. Bye bye. Thanks for having us. All right. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.